Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Snippet. The short podcast platform. This is Check Your Privilege, the podcast. Let's welcome anti-racism guide, mental health activist, and founder of the Check Your Privilege movement, your host, Maisha T. Hill. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Check Your Privilege, the podcast. I really love saying that, you know, I'm so used to saying co-conspire conversations, but saying Check Your Privilege, the podcast, feels a little grown-up-ish. You know, have y'all seen that show on ABC? There's blackish and then there's grownish. Feel very grownish saying, check your privilege, the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for letting me have a few minutes of being human. So I really want to talk today briefly about ableism. I have a really great friend named Mary Fashek, who is the founder of Upgrade Accessibility. She is also a queer, disabled Lebanese woman who really works to make sure that disability is on the forefront of everybody's mind. She's done a lot of work with the team at Check Your Privilege and really working on making sure that we move away from ableism and ableist messaging and really calling out ableism in the way that it works. The collusion with the interlocking systems of imperialist, capitalist, white supremacy, patriarchy. So shout out to Mary. I'm hoping to have her on so we can have a part two conversation on ableism because Mary has so much to offer and to give. And so when we think about ableism, what comes to mind? You know, the definition of ableism is a social prejudice against people with disabilities based on the belief that typical abilities are superior. It's almost like atypical and neurotypical are in a battle of the minds, no pun intended. With ableism, there is no acceptance of neurodivergence. And at its heart, ableism is rooted in the assumption that disabled people are essentially broken things and are defined by their disability. So here's a stat. 15% of the global population has some type of a documented disability. In the United States, the percentage is larger. And according to the BBC, one in four people have similar rates reported in the UK. Despite what we think, especially in regards to like here in America, the American with Disabilities Act in Section 504 and special education, disabled people still experience widespread discrimination at every level of society. Ableism can look different and can take on various forms. So personal ableism might look like name calling or committing violence against a disabled person. Systemic ableism can be the inequity that disabled people experience as a result of laws and policies 
ableism can often be indirect and unintentional. One of the ways that we see ableists show up that we never really think about is in our language. And for those of you who are new to this work and this journey with me, our language is also actually a tool of oppression. You know, ableist language is sometimes known as disabled ableist language, and it shows up in the words that we use. So saying things like, oh, I feel bipolar. I'm so OCD. I'm so lame. That's stupid. That's dumb. While they might seem like they are, well, they are ways of gaslighting ourselves. They also still do cause damage. They are still harmful. And essentially, they are a microaggression. And there's a quote that actually goes around that says that a microaggression feels like death by a thousand paper cuts. Now, microaggressions, you know, everyone has their own definition of it, right? But a microaggression essentially is a statement, an action, an incident, or an indirect, subtle, and unintentional discrimination against a member of a marginalized group, such as a racialized or ethnic identity. Some microaggressions that I've heard is, you speak so well, you're so articulate. When I hear that, the first thing that pops in my head is, what was your expectation? What did you think I would speak like, right? Some other microaggressions can be targeted to our queer LGBTQ plus folk. You don't look gay. You don't seem like someone who would engage in microaggressions. We're just ordinary folks who think of themselves as good and moral, but they occur because people are outside of their conscious awareness. So when we think about the ways in which we say things to our disabled siblings that are rooted in microaggressive language, we also have to consider and think about our biases. How are our biases informing our journey, right, and our awakening to what we know? You cannot say that you are working towards anti-oppression and still utilizing ableist language. Another form of ableism can look like sub-minimum wage. Now, there is a law that allows for disabled people to be paid a minimum wage below the national minimum wage, and that's called sub-minimum wage. So in some states, there can be an individual that makes 50 cents an hour to put head on Barbie dolls versus the maybe $5.25 an hour that a state may have for minimum wage. It's almost another form of enslavement. So at this point, you're probably listening and you're probably confused and you're probably like, oh my gosh, where do I go from here? How can I make sure that I am not perpetuating ableist systems? Well, friends, first you must work on and look at the way that ableism is showing up in your life. You know, in the world we live in, it's easy to have a big worldview and look outside of ourselves and point the finger. But in the work of healing our way forward, it first starts with looking at ourselves as the individual. Once we look at the way that ableism shows up in our individual lives, we need to look in our interpersonal relationships. 
because ableism also shows up when we recognize and realize that we don't have friends that are disabled, that many of our friends look like us, speak like us, walk and talk like us. So we're looking at the ways again, and what you can do is look at how ableism shows up in your individual life, in your interpersonal relationships, and the ways that ableism is upheld in your structures, in your policies of your workplaces, of your children's schools, in your small business. Ableism shows up every single day just as the other interlocking systems of oppression. Your job now is to go deeper and to really evaluate and see how you can be better, do better, and live into the work a little bit better. Another thing I want to mention in regards to ableism is there's a couple of pieces here. I want you all to think of the ways in which you utilize social media. It is ableist to not provide image descriptions and captions on social media posts. That is an upholding of ableism. It is ableist to not have a accessible website that screen readers can read. So when you are like really working on breaking up with these interlocking systems and eliminating your collusion, it takes work. And a lot of us don't wanna do it because the real is we're used to being comfortable. And so working on our relationships with ableism means that we have to get real uncomfortable with being comfortable. And the things that seem normal to us are not normal to our disabled siblings. So, yes, hearing me say add an image description to captions is probably really annoying. And think about someone who is visually impaired or blind and can't really see what a meme says and there's no extra words to describe what things look like it is really checking our privilege in relationship to ableism that is the call to the work another thing I want to point out before I sign off is I really want to empower you all to look up the case of Ingracia Figueroa Ingracia Figueroa was a Afro-Latina woman who died after an airline damaged her wheelchair. My friend, Mary Fashik, again, reminded me and reminded our audience that every day the airlines damage at least 29 wheelchairs. Now, many people say, oh, well, she can just buy a new wheelchair. You don't know <laughs> the cost of these wheelchairs. They're sometimes beyond four and five figures. And so United Airlines negligently destroyed her wheelchair in the cargo hold. They put her in a broken manual wheelchair, I believe for five hours, and she got a pressure sore. And she died from the infection of the pressure sore spreading throughout her body. This is what ableism looks like in a structural corporate setting. Treating an Afro-Latina woman as something and not a person. It is very sad that this amazing Afro-Latina advocate and activist has died. Do your work. Read her story. Let United Airlines know that this is not okay. The airlines must do better. 
But like most movements, when these things happen, we see the trauma, we hear the trauma, we feel the pull to our heart, and then we kind of let it bypass. See, these organizations and companies are used to us just letting things pass over. But for my journey, United Airlines will be tagged at least once a month. And I might not have a big voice. And maybe some of you see the numbers and you're like, girl, you have a, you got a huge voice. Stop playing. But what I do know is that part of me using my privilege for good is the practice of continue to reminding larger organizations of their responsibility to our disabled siblings. I interrogate my relationship to ableism by using my voice and my platform and my lived experience to combat when I see ableism in space to combat ableism in my interpersonal relationships and to combat ableism in myself. So see me and myself, I present as a normal person. And yet I too myself have a disability. That's the gift of neurodivergence. I hope you all got something to think about in this episode. It's been my pleasure to be on this journey with you. And until we meet again, friends, keep living into your work. Peace.